Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mixed Company. Hello. Episode 27. Yo. Oh, we're getting old. We're all, yeah, we're getting old as <laughs> fuck. We're about to head into, um, I guess, our 30s. <laughs> There's a growing trend. There's a growing trend here. I'm really Soon excited. Come. What's going on? How have y'all been? Chilling. I'm in a decent mood. Me too. You are in a decent mood. I'm not used to this. <laughs> <laughs> and Karina's all giggly and shit. Caffeinated. Yeah, don't do that no more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We like when you're like that. Um, What's going on, Kyle? So... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, where to start. This weekend was interesting. It was a good weekend. My summer started off well. I see that. I saw it on the gram, and you were all fancy. So I just, like, Thank so you. how was your weekend? We what was. did you do? We were fancy. But we I was. think I think just in general, because like, somebody tried to tell me that it's not summer yet. And I don't care what your summer solstice calendar tells you. <laughs> My summer has started, and it has been popping. So well, we, what, Memorial weekend, I had the rooftop party, which... None of y'all could make because y'all have better things to do with your life, I suppose. But everyone else had an amazing time. Well, I just like to apologize for being a bad friend. I mean, it's fine. And I will be You've a, been, the next listen, one. Listen, you, you missed out. I, That's exactly. your fault. That's you my fault. Out. And then now, next time, I'll I make sure there. I'll be there. Right. I was there. Well, <laughs> Memorial, I have a standing date with Martha's Vineyard, so... He was trying okay. to be classy. <laughs> All right. I mean, whatever Where's for the rest of us. Where's our Martha's Vineyard trip? Mm. I mean, we could take one. Simeon don't plan. I don't even know why you asked. Why are you even looking at him like Listen, he's going to be the one to be like. I'm going to be the one planning. <laughs> right. It, it, it'll happen when you plan it. Exactly. I just show up. He just shows up. Yeah. And yeah. this weekend we went to the Web Cliquois. Yes. Polo ma'am. Classic. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and we were just with the bougiest of bougie people. Like, first of all, I'm not going back no more until I know that that's like extra money off like. Bills have already been paid. Oh, for real? Everything. Like, I've done everything I wanted, and I just had an extra $700 to just <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Because I feel like that is the only way that you would have the time of your life. And that's real. Like We did I, have the time of our life. We had long. a good time, Simeon. Let's be real. We had a good time. Or we they could sponsor us. We, we <laughs> they don't even sponsor themselves. Yeah. And that's the part that irritates me. They don't even sponsor themselves. How are you out here... You're like this is a the Polo Classic, so mm-hmm. Polo, I guess yeah, Polo from Ralph Lauren and um, <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. Kukwa? I have no idea, girl. Don't even. <laughs> I went. I went to be fancy. Okay. So I can't even say it right. They both sponsor this match, but nothing is actually sponsored because you still have to pay for your drinks. <laughs> you still have to pay for your swag. I didn't even see anything. I guess yeah, they had like the Ralph Lauren. Uh, the leather and canvas bags for sale for sale. Okay. But like for like $300. <laughs> and I was just like, so what ex- oh, Okay. So you pay the, I think we paid 150, right? For yeah. general admission. That was just general admission. It's about 163 with tax. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You pay that, you get there, you have a choice of ordering your beverages by the glass or by the bottle. Ooh. However, by the glass is 26 
By the bottle. By the bottle is 105 for the regular champagne or 125 for rosé. So after you calculate it in your head, you're like, you know, I'm a, I'm a two-drink minimum kind of girl. At that point, it might as well be balls to the wall and just get it the bottle. Like, we just, like, at this point, we just balling. And I was like, this is really nice, but I'm not doing this again until I have a reason to be here. You, you know what I just thought of? I have great pictures. You don't do. Be, don't, don't be a quitter. I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think we've earned the right to be there. <laughs> I just felt like, I, I, I felt like this is cute. Like, that's all I kept saying to myself. This is cute. But didn't you feel rich? <laughs> no, Simeon, because, because I don't have the luxury. Like, in this, but I did, because it's like you plan for it. Like, I think I went in, it's like getting ready for a spanking when you're younger. <laughs> And you know you about to get your ass beat, and you know it's about to hurt. So you already, like, have it in your mind. All right, I'm going to thug this one out. You know, I made my bed. I'm going to sleep in it. And it I'm about to is. rock out. Yeah. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> and then as soon as that leather belt touch your behind, oh, my God. <laughs> like, literally, that's how I felt. I was like, I, I, I prepared for this. I prepared for this. <laughs> It was cool. It was cool, though. It was nice seeing all those dressed up people and everybody looking like, you know, this is Sunday best on Saturday. It was toast to the town. Like, it was. It was. Like, it, was. it was. It was. So, yeah. And they Fabulous were, There were real rich people there on the other side. There <laughs> were. There, were. there was. There was. And, we, and they we, were, we, were un, we were not welcome to the Rose Garden, we however. Were, we were in Calcutta. We were in Calcutta. And Calcutta was gorgeous, might I add. <laughs> But for the rest of the folks that actually do this, because this is their spare, th- like, this like is how like, they have fun. This is their happy hour. Oh so God! <laughs> that was their happy hour. So for them, it was like you know, it was so, so goals. Nicer. Goals. We put Go- it in next existence. time. Listen, I, I'm, I have, no, I have every intention of going back. It just okay. won't be for like another three or four raises. <laughs> like, like, raise your money now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What else? Next weekend we have the Fibro drinking tour. So just. Woo-hoo! So for so for just so you guys know, I have a terrible, amazing, really funny and ratchet habit of just planning things on a whim. <laughs> so one day, like three, four years ago, I was on G Chat with the homies and made a joke that it'd be so cool if you could just go drinking in every borough. And we decided to test it out, so we did it and now it's like a thing. So we've got like thirty people signed up to follow <laughs> to follow me around New York City. <laughs> And stopping to get drinks in every borough. We're going to look like a camp. We are going to look like a camp. We got t-shirts. I know. That's why I'm like, we're going to look like a camp. Hey, listen. (laughs) People do SantaCon and St. Patty's Day, whatever. Like, we can do this. This is going to blow up. I don't. I'm not a runner. You're not going to catch me at the New York City. Because I think that's where the conversation started. How I don't want to run, but I want to do something like that. And I was like, well, I drink. But can we join? Like, can can it be like a train? Like, you join, do you have to go to all stops, or can you join? You do whatever you want. You okay. paid your money. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Because one of the stops is like. You make sure you get the brunch. Pop outside of the house. But, the, I mean, the reality <laughs> of it is, like, at the end of it, you just feel so accomplished. Like, that is, like, a real, that is a real feeling that happens. Like, damn, I just 
did happy hour in every borough. Can any, how many people do you know can say they did happy hour in every borough? No one. Exactly, guys. This is why I'm excited. So 2017 Five Borough Drinking Tour. I'm excited about my t-shirt. this Saturday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm ex- like, our, this Saturday, it is, next Saturday. Uh, well, yeah, it is, Saturday. yeah, it's this Saturday. <laughs> It's a Saturday, and for the most part, it's just gonna kind of be popping. Like our summer is really dope already, guys. High yes. fives. Yes. High fivesies. We plan to be very mixy. Yeah, we mixy as hell. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. I'm glad to do this with you all. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So what do we got for dope shit? Ain't shit. It's that time of the, hopefully hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, my ain't shit this week is Apple. Um, because they lost its, they lost their star, which was Bazoma St. James. Um, well, wait, St. John. St. John. I'm also really shitty with names, so pardon me. Yes. But Bazoma St. John, who bounced and is going to Uber. Uber. The reason why they're the ancient this week is because um, a few Ooh. weeks ago, uh, their share, shareholders shot down a proposal for more diversity. Um, and their leadership is already like 3% diverse. And that was probably her <laughs> that was making up the 3%. So that's why they're the ain't shit, because now they're probably down to like zero. Wait, where did you read that? I, know. I didn't read that. You have breaking news, Sim. You need to expand. Um, <laughs> I read this on Think Progress. And hold on. But I'm pretty sure that this decision to go to Uber was not no few weeks ago decision. Right. Stuff like that usually happens over months. Like over months. Right. I mean, they may not be shit because they shot down, but Apple has been. They shot it down in March. They shot it down in March. March 1st is when that news came out. Uh, Hold on. Let me read it. Apple voted down several proposals during its latest shareholders' meeting on Tuesday. Chief among them was one that called for more diversity throughout the company, particularly within its senior leadership and board members. Uh, Tony Maldonado, a minority shareholder and music producer, championed the diversity proposal, which 95% of the shareholders voted against. Of course they did. So at the same time with Apple, like talking about how they want to diversify and do all these things to catch up with 2017 they shot that down and then a few weeks later bazoma bounce so apple is my ain't shit this week and she has a pretty diverse team as well like her her team on instagram like is composed of mainly women and she has a great diversity of color on her team as well wow i didn't know that un- uh, contrary to popular belief it's actually really not that hard to find qualified people, I had, uh, I guess I'll tell you guys offline, like the details, but I had a whole conversation today about it. And it's, it's, it continues to amaze me how people are still unsure how or why or where to find diversity, if you will, or what to discuss making their teams more diverse becomes more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And like when you when you say things like, well, it's like a ge- geographic issue, right? Or you know, like it's well, what industry is doing well? And it's like you're not seeing the whole picture. You're thinking that what we're asking for is a certain type of creative piece of work or a video or something tangible. We're not asking 
for tangibility, we're asking for we're asking for something bigger than that. We're asking for a change of mindset mm. to put, you know, to put diversity and inclusion in practice. So, but this is great news for Baz because Baz is going over to Uber. She has the opportunity. Literally, Uber has had a shitty diversity and inclusion year. Their numbers yeah. suck. They had the whole uh, the Muslim ban thing happen where yeah. they lost a whole bunch of users. They're just not doing well, guys. That's and somebody you know. like her who she's c-suite like let's be real somebody like her who has an opportunity who's bringing a following and is able to retell their story because that's the one i read in business insider when she gave her um interview Mm -hmm. about you know what she considers herself a change agent people like that you don't have to be stuck to one discipline i'm actually gonna come in and just change your whole shit up and that's the kind of people i like just fuck it all up bro just fuck it it the fuck up (laughs) That's, I mean, it's good that you explain that perspective because I know offline we were talking about how we thought that she was already C-suite and you like explained the levels of that and being a change agent. Like, I didn't to think me, this of it sounds that like way. This isn't her moving up. It's her moving up. This is her creating space. Like for me, y'all know my love with music. Like that's like, oh shoot, that that leaves an opening. Now it's only an opening if they're not making dumb decisions like 95% of the damn board voting against making their teams more diverse but Mm -hmm. you showed a ceiling you showed a new level of ceiling that i haven't seen before and it makes it that much more um it makes people feel that much more confident to reach for that type of goal people such as myself so you know i'm with i'm with her if there's ever a her that's the her i'm with Mm -hmm. that's my that's my industry role model hey boss how you doing girl (laughs) (laughs) miss you girl Awesome. Interesting. I mean, I felt mixed because it was Uber, and like I'm like, why Uber though? Because you get it's to like change X. it. No, you don't want to go into nothing where that's already established. Like I, like I feel like that about everything in life. I don't want to be the person to go to a team that's already dope. I want to make the team dope. You don't want to do. You don't want to sit on somebody's shoulders. You want to be the giant that people have to sit on your shoulders to do things. And to me, that's what her move represents. Now, with that's me without knowing what was going on behind the scenes with the shareholders and with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Every year you have a stakeholder meeting and every year somebody says some dumb shit about diversity and inclusion and here goes Apple. Um, however, I think somebody like her, like it's really good to see that. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to see that from her. And I can go on and on and on about that girl because she's a bad... Mm. She's a titan. <laughs> she's a titan. <laughs> She she does have a Titan personality and background to go with it. So good for her. Congratulations, cool. Boz. Well, that's what I got. You want to go or are you me? Um, I can go. So speaking of – well, I have two. I had one, then I had two, and I was like, I'm just do two. Um, speaking of Apple, so Apple released – obviously, <laughs> recently they had their, um, their address and announcing the new iOS updates as well as updates to um, Apple Watch – Apple, Apple, all things. Let's just put it like that. One of the commercials that they released was the, it's basically, it's basically a play on what would happen to the world if we no longer had apps. Have you guys seen this? No. Oh, shit. Posted on our Twitter site. Oh, my God. Guys, tears down my face. It's so good. So, essentially, it starts off with, at Apple, they're taking this guy, uh, he's, Starting his first day at work, they put him in an 
back office somewhere because they didn't have room with the rest of the folks. And he's setting up his desk. And in an effort to plug in, like, one of the, I don't know, whatever they're called, the little desk ornaments mm-hmm. that have water in them or some shit like that, he okay. unplugs, like, some really important machines. And essentially, <laughs> it deletes all of the apps on everyone's phones, watches, laptops, computers, etc. Okay. And the world goes crazy. It they literally announce it as an apocalypse. <laughs> 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 like people are walking around, bruh. Like my favorite scene is like it's a group of friends driving and the maps app disappears. Oh no, oh, and they start freaking out. Like, where are we going? I don't know where we're going. I don't even know what city we're in anymore. And like, literally, I'm in tears because I'm like, that is my life. Like, I get really mad when I see people walking around the street and you know, like, you know, they're visiting and like they're using maps, like an actual map. Like, where is your phone? I know there's an app for that. Where is your phone? Why are you asking me these questions without downloading your apps first? Girl is trying to hand out, like, physical selfies of herself, like, printed pictures. (laughs) Selfie anyone? Selfie anyone? Like, literally, the funniest commercials. So they got that one right. They did that well. I was highly entertained and enjoyed it. Look at them being ancient and dope shit. I know. It was, like, balanced. But it was such a good commercial. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to show it to y'all after. And we got to show it on the Twitter site, too. And and we'll we'll definitely post it to our um, our, uh, social social <laughs> socials I knew where you were going um, the other thing so there's an op-ed in um, ad week this week uh, from a woman discussing her perspective on um, on work-life balance um, and I started reading it and I was getting really irritated until I got to the end so I'll say like off jump I think let me give you her name first it's by Kate Jeffers um and this is on ad week and we'll post that as well but essentially in the end when I got through it after like grasping my chest um I see her point like her thing is it's really like you know we need to her quote is as an employee as employees we need to remind ourselves that the end game is not the utopian ideal of work-life balance but rather sanity and perspective in the face of never-ending onslaught of professional and personal commitments and we need to cut ourselves slack and then she goes on to say as employers we need to formalize an approach that's governed by the philosophy of doing right by the people and guided by three core principles and then she lists out her principles and I thought that was great but she started off basically saying that you know work-life balance is bullshit and because she (laughs) believes that and and because she feels that her life is um is essentially one her work is her life and that that like it is it it just is what it is like she's like I met my husband at my agency we found our neighborhood by coworkers you know my a good friend of mine pointed me in the direction of this agency that I've been at for X amount of years and all of it's together what I didn't appreciate and it's not that this article wasn't it's not ain't shit I think it's dope shit because I see I I get that some people may feel this way the part that I struggled with while reading it is that she was saying that work-life balance implies that work is negative and life is positive and that somehow that there's a perfection of effective balance which isn't possible to reach. And I feel like we've talked about this a couple times mm-hmm. where 
just because I guess we talk about it with everything, but just because the goal seems unrealistic Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't try to reach the goal. So for me, work-life balance is really important because I'll always have something to strive for if I never get to achieve it, won't I? So for me, balancing the difference between being all work and being all home, because for me, those are very separate, is really important. So I just felt like her perspective came from somebody who lives a life that is very industry focused, as opposed to people who do have the separation of church and state where work is work and life is life. And therefore you need to figure out how to best get a good 50, 59, uh, whatever. Yeah. 50-50 or 49-51 or however that balance looks to you. Because mm-hmm. it is going to be different from for everybody. But I saw it. I almost didn't read it. Then I started cursing while I was reading it. And then I got <laughs> to the end and I saw, figured what she was talking about. Um, or I understood what she was talking about. And I'll give her a break. So but, I, I also. Did you read this one? Um, I started reading it and then I started cursing and I clicked off. Um, it took I, me a couple times to get through it. I, th- I think what you what you said is like key, which is for some people, work is work, and there's a separation between church and state, right? And for her, I mean, I don't I don't feel like she should say that work life balance is bullshit because for some people, work will always be church and state. It doesn't matter how much they like their job. It doesn't matter how much they're invested in their job. It will always be church and state. I know people who love their jobs and they will refuse to put their job, their work email on their phone. Absolutely. Right? So I don't think she, she can say it's bullshit for her. She may love her job that much. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, what I took from it. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce probably has one phone. Because her life is... If I was Beyonce, I wouldn't have a phone. Yeah, she probably doesn't. Paid prior. Well, Beyonce probably has one person who checks her phone. (laughs) That's better. That's better. Uh, Because her job is her life, and she sees her job as her life, and that's why she dedicates so much time to it. Right. But for other people who there's a separation between church and state, don't tell me that work-life balance is bullshit, because... There may I may have the separation and go hard as fuck for my job and work eighty hour weeks for X amount of weeks because I want to do excellent work and then I want to recharge. Exactly, and I I guess for me it was like it was a different perspective. Like I told like like I said I finally finished it and I got to understand where she was going with all of this, but my bigger issue was was just that like I I have this I have a a, a strong dislike for when people try to rename things mm. what they are like um and i'll <laughs> offline that one as well <laughs> oh we should have talked before we recorded god <laughs> um but i have a serious de- like detest for when people try to rename things and just to make them feel better oh well this reminds me of my pink socks <laughs> you see what i'm saying so like don't just it's not bullshit because you don't like the word balance mm-hmm. right because most people do need to find balance. See, where I was getting irritated before I got to the end was once she starts describing her life. Mm-hmm. She's married. She has children. They live in a nice neighborhood. This doesn't sound like you live in New York City to me. This doesn't sound like you're trying to figure out how to pay your bills. This doesn't sound like you you're you had the she had the luxury of, you know, 
your your, your husband. husband can quit. Yeah. Your husband can quit his creative director job because your salary alone works for you. For the rest of the folks out here <laughs> that are really just trying to get by in life, it's it's kind of it's almost condescending. Like the article came across very condescending. And yep. I, once I got to the end, I realized what she's talking about is her balance, seeking her balance and what employers and employees need to do to to leverage that balance. But don't downplay other people and call what we're all trying to do, which is live healthier lives and not just physically healthy, but mentally healthier lives by finding out what our balance is. Everybody's balance isn't going to be 50-50. So for some of us, it's going to be 80-20. For other people, it's going to be 70-30. Like, mm-hmm. But let us live and, and appreciate that your work-life balance or perspective on it, even though very similar to the end goal, the way you get there is different, just as mine is different. But it looks like it's trending on Ad Week, so people must be reading it. I didn't read comments because comments give me anxiety, but (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. I need to read it. I haven't seen this. Yeah, no, you should look at this one. But yeah, it must be nice to be able to say my creative director husband quit his job and we're not struggling. Right. But the beauty of that is like, <laughs> and I'm not, we're not struggling, and we have kids, and right. we take vacation, like, <laughs> and we pay private, school. and we pray for private school. <laughs> I mean, I feel like she was just like throwing first world problems out there, right? That's how I took it as well. Yeah. That's exactly how I took it as well. But like, man, intention is everything, and I recognize that her intention may not have been to like be condescending, but when you don't recognize other people live a whole different life than you do. You can like that's how you get in trouble for saying shit like work life balance is bullshit, right. and we as women don't we should feel offended when we talk about work life balance. Like no, because everything you described is your life seems pretty balanced. You right. probably you probably get to have breakfast in the morning with your family before you go to work. I mean, when, but when you scroll down to her picture, it makes clear sense. Ah, uh, here you go. Okay. <laughs> but like the way that I mean, you guys are, um, like, all right. <laughs> but the way that you guys are talking about the article, it sounds the beauty of it is she found her balance, and you should find your balance, whatever it is. I just hated that I had to wait like six paragraphs to get there. Yeah, yeah. she could have did that in two. All right. Well, when I read it, I'll you should. Keep that I in do mind. think people should read it, and I thought it was. I thought it was dope because it gave me so much anguish. Oh. I felt I felt lots of things, but yeah, your <laughs> turn. Um, so while everybody was being fancy, I was doing errands and staying at home and trying to get my adult life together. And I went on Netflix and um, I saw this. I'm gonna mispronounce his name, so if you guys know the pronunciation, please correct me. Hassan um, Minaj, um, his special Homecoming King. Um, oh, he's fine. He is <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> That don't make him less pretty. What? He's no, because he was at the state dinner and he yes. had me cracking up. He's gorgeous. It is an awesome comedy special. The way that he storytells his jokes, it intertwines his personal um, ac- accounts with diversity and inclusion, and it was a refreshing way. It wasn't. There was no like fire and fireworks going on. It was a well produced show. And it was really, really, really um, strong. And I, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I didn't even think it was a comedy special. I just thought it was someone telling about their life and it just in a very awesome way. So you should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's been on since May. And 
I have every intention of watching that. Yes. I just need to get through House of Cards. But when I'm done with Frank and Claire what? and they're I had things finish? to do. I had things to do. And I don't stay up until three o'clock in the morning because for what? You so can't binge watch House of House of Cards. Yes, I can. Yes, can. I cannot. I can. I, have to watch I just it. haven't had time. First of all, this is their fault because when I don't have nice things to do, like in February when they usually come out, I can afford to take a weekend of, of social uh, isolation and just <laughs> learn from the greats that are Frank Underwood and Claire Underwood about how to be sly and slew and, and sleazy and just just sinning, just out here sinning. They are. They are. But I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that at the top of summer when like everything is happening in these streets. I can't. With House of Cards, I end up like trying to. I miss things. I just speed. I can't do it. I have to take in each episode. You do have to take it. That's why sometimes I have to catch it's up. too much, and yeah. that's why I, my ADD is cool like that. Cause I'd be texting while I watch, and I just catch like the good things. Anyway, I plan to watch that because yes. he's fine. <laughs> Please watch. And it. he's really great. He's fine, he's and he's socially aware. Very. And he's funny. I watched and it. And he's sexy. Oh, Sim, you gave me a sigh. Please let us know your thoughts. I just wanted comedy. He was trying to make me feel things. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> I wish more men were like that. No, seriously. I wish y'all could see this side eye. <laughs> I don't want to feel things. I just wanted to laugh. I mean, it's good. It was a good. <laughs> so, like, I don't, so what are you saying? <laughs> so what's you your point? You didn't want to learn. You didn't want to I didn't want to learn. I just wanted, like, ignorance. <laughs> then watch, like. Some other ones. Well, I was watching Sarah Silverman last night. She's oh, like how was it good? That was she, good. She gets on my nerves. She's, she's like, yeah, I can't really. She's not. I don't know. She gets on my nerves. It, it was pure ignorance, though. She is. She is you pure ignorance. I mean? like, yeah. But she also had, you know, political commentary, but it was ignorance, and I appreciated it. <sighs> it was that? That's on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll they have that. a lot of comedy specials up right now. Yeah. Netflix is doing it. They are. They are. All they right. are our dope shit for the past three episodes. Yeah, this is true. Good for them. All right. All right. Well, this week's episode is actually, besides being about how fly our weekends have been and how much we love Apple, Uber, and Netflix, <laughs> this week's episode is actually going to be more discipline-focused. So, Aha. Um, if any of you have been following along with Ad Age, Ad Week, um, and, all, and LinkedIn, and, and pretty much a lot of industry focused commentary uh within advertising has been around the role of account management within agencies um and essentially is it even worth like is account management even a necessity anymore now the thing about that is that that strikes heart that strikes fear into the hearts of most of us here at this table mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and by most of us i mean karina and i karina comes from a full account management background um, I come from a producer project management background, but I actually I have worked at as an account manager before, and quite often, as Karina, you know, project managers and account managers reach this tension of whose line is it anyway? We're always fighting about who's supposed and to respect. be doing this work <laughs> and respect, baby. Mm. <laughs> but so essentially, um, I'm gonna start off uh, by reading an excerpt from a company wide email. Yes. Um, and it goes like a little something like this. So it means your job. If you're in account, in account management is a bit harder 
who wrote this? It means your job. If you're in account management, is a bit harder. It, I'm assuming that means it, it is a bit harder and a whole lot more important than it is than it used to be. There are no suits, no bag carriers, no order takers. Instead, there are problem solvers, idea generators, and client relationship builders. Um, so is account management dead? Only for the people who aren't committed to it in the first place. First of all, whoever wrote this needs to get their whole their <laughs> whole life together because that was weird. But I get it, right? The question is, is account management dead? And the response is only for the people who aren't committed to it in the first place. Um, here's my take on this, right? I'll lead with this, and then we can start talking about it. Okay. Um, I had a group of students at my agency the last few weeks, um, and one of the things that I've been telling them to do is to not is to not pigeonhole themselves to their discipline. You can come in just like going to college. You can study whatever you want, but make sure you have enough skills to be able to survive in the outside world. You can come into an agency with any. Uh, into any discipline you want, but make sure that you're able to play at any role that is needed to be played to get the job done and the, get the job done well. Um, I don't think it is fair to, I don't think it is fair to say that you can only be one thing in an organization because organizations need many things from many different people and there are always going to be holes to fill. So with that being said, What's lacking in the account management position? So, like, Simeon, you're creative. Mm -hmm. We know account <laughs> managers are your favorite people. They're not. Said no one ever. <laughs> Said no one ever. I know. Oh, I mean, I, I look at the quote that you that you read, and, I mean, I agree with the third sentence, which is, instead, they are problem solvers, idea generators, and client relationship builders. To me, like that's spot on, right? A client, an account person to me is they're they're a consultant. <laughs> they're a business consultant. Right. Like they're there to know the ins and outs of that client's business so that they can relay cohesive and intelligent and streamline information back to creatives so that we can produce things that solve those business problems. Um, and I'm guessing the reason why this person wrote this email is because a lot of, a lot of account people are just handholders, right? They, they, I don't want to say baby, but they basically coddle clients. They're there to make sure that the clients aren't angry, that the client doesn't walk away with the business instead of being problem solvers because this is what advertising does it solves problems it's gone beyond just like hey we have a new product out there here guys this is it this is what we want you to know about it they're solving problems because the industry the marketplace commands that so i don't have a, a problem with this email i think it's spot on i think what's lacking in account management is that i don't feel like account management has evolved along with the industry or the expectation of your account managers has not evolved. So the, the role of a creative person as a creative, you can't just come in as a creative and not have any strategy, uh, have strategic thinking right. the same way as coming in as a project manager. You're, you're basically useless. If the only thing you can do is put, put time on 
people's calendars and and or take notes and or build a timeline. You have to come to the table with more of that. And a lot of times people, in my experience, a lot of times people that come in as account managers, you are um, directed in a way where your job is just to be the mouthpiece of the client, right? which is only helpful for the client, but that's not helpful for your internal teams. And that's also where a lot of tension between account managers and project managers happen is that, yes, we have stakeholders. We, we do have stakeholders um, as clients because they pay us keep lights on not just for the building but for all the people that work there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but at the same time you also have to be the inside thinker because you have to know how to work bet- between both teams also just because you're the account manager doesn't mean that you can't doesn't mean that there's not another role you can play it doesn't mean that you have to strictly only be the person that speaks to the client it also doesn't mean that nobody else can speak to the client yeah. like I feel like there's an evolution in creative and how business works and how advertising works where if you are going to survive, and I know some damn good account managers that are able to be flexible, if you're not able to be flexible and understand that your entire existence depends on you playing both sides, the internal and external side of the business, then you are not needed because there are strategists that can that also know how to woo clients and there are creatives that also know how to sell in ideas and there are project managers that quite honestly do your job anyway so i mean i think the key the key thing you said was evolve right Mm -hmm. so creatives have had to Mm -hmm. evolve over time yep where you can't just, you can no longer just, if you're a copywriter, you can no longer just write copy. Exactly. If you're an art director, you, you're not just there to design pretty things. Like, we're supposed to think strategically because our job is to solve business problems. Like, that's what it's evolved into. It's like, we are business problem solvers. And the account people should be the head of that. Like, they're the ones who are supposed to know the ins and outs. And that's why people stay in um industry so like people who work in beauty people who work in tech Mm -hmm. like these people learn these industries so that they can be consultants and consult the client on the best use of their dollars and a lot of times what we end up dealing with as creatives are yes people people right well because because like when you think of account management and Karina, I'm I think, just gonna take all this in. You then. should. Well, you you should because this is the <laughs> shit we talk about all the time. But like when you think of account management, one of the things that's always gonna be in a job description is you have to be the relationship manager. Right. What pisses me off to no end is getting an account manager that all they want to do is manage the relationship. What do you bring to the table in any in any industry that changes as quickly as advertising does? You can't be a one-trick pony. I need a 10-trick pony. Otherwise, I don't need you. Because people are all... We're so competitive in the industry as it is across disciplines that we always feel like we can do somebody else's job. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a creative say, man, if all I had to do was take clients out, I could do that too. Or that I've heard a strategist say, I mean, I can go talk to the clients. Or I know how to use (laughs) Photoshop. Or you hear a producer and it's like, listen, I can actually just do this shit on the side anyway by myself. Um, I know how to use Photoshop. I have my own set of clients. I be out here writing briefs and I've done several X, Y, and Z's. You know what I'm saying? So like, 
you have to come to you have to br- bring more to the table than just having a polite personality and getting people to like you. A real account manager needs to get people to like your team. I agree with that the account manager has the dual role. It, it's like it's like a revolving door. There's oops, there's the revolving door of the client relationship and there's the other side of that door is the internal the internal part of the team, the internal relationship. And in the internal relationship, you're advocating your the the team the agency's work of why it best solves the client's problem. Now, there's multiple tier there's multiple levels. Wait, say that again? So you're an advocate. You're when you're when you're hired, you're hired to solve a client's problem. But the internal relationship should be you're advocating of why your agency, mm-hmm. why their idea best solves their problem. Mm-hmm. Now, there's multiple levels to being an account person. Or at least there should be. And not everybody has, from my experience, not everyone has a clear idea of what a good account person looks like until they get into the fire. So I didn't really, for me, I didn't really, I had a boss who was a yes person. I've had bosses who solved problems and had relationships between that. In my experience, I didn't always like account, but I'm learning from it anyway. And it really was my defining moment of me, what account person am I going to be? You kind of have that if you want to stay in account management. Does everybody stay in account management? No. Everybody has like, this is my first job out of college and I don't really care. And, you know, you have those people. You have account managers who skated by being a yes person. And then you've had account managers who've had to but that's in any, but Yeah, but that's in any discipline. I think the, the for the, for the, in respect to this conversation specifically, the question is, do we even need account managers? That's like you, the bottom line of what we're asking. But you, and the reality is, like from my perspective, the reality is absolutely not. I think you, you do. You don't, you because I, don't, not everybody, I don't. I don't. I don't. And I don't. And I don't believe that you absolutely that you, that they are must haves. I think account management has become nice to have because you, as an account manager, if you're gonna tell if if the role is just we need somebody that knows how to that can speak to clients. Anybody, everybody on the team at this point should be able. At this but point, not everybody in, can. But most people can. And but when you're hiring, I no, don't no, 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 no. And yes, I've had yes. 50. <laughs> Listen, when you're hiring, have have you given your creative? This is what I'm saying. If you can have a creative come on your team and sell in their work, you don't need to do it. That's what I'm saying. It's not necessary. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary. It's it's added value, but it's not necessary. And as an account manager, as a client manager, and that's both internal project management and account management, you got to bring some new shit to the table. You cannot just come in and say, I advocate for the client or I advocate for the team. What what else are you doing while we're here? How, what else are you? Are you the new business person? Are you creating relationships to help build the profile of your organization in the streets? All those things encompass the account management role. But just because you can sell an idea doesn't make you able to, to take over the account management role. Why I isn't have, it? Because you have creatives who can sell their idea, and then, but they don't, they, don't know, they don't understand how to upkeep and understand the client's business. Listen, if you're continuing to sell in work, that means that they're buying it. And if they're buying the work... No, I get what she's saying, though. 
No, if you're buying the work, what else do you need to do if they're just giving you your money anyway? Well, it's 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 client relationship management. But if they're buying the work, that means the, the relationship is there. The added value becomes that that problem solving that you were talking about. And sometimes there are there are great account managers that know how to problem solve, and there are other account managers that sit there because when shit hits the fan, they're like. Why didn't anybody else catch this? Well, I, I that think, is true. I think that does exist. I, I think it's Sorry. more than just selling because what, sh- to me, what the management aspect of it is, is that they're not just selling, but they're foreseeing. Like it's, it's they should right. So, and and to the point, and to, back to your point, where like yes, everybody can sell through work and it's everybody's job to sell through work mm-hmm. if you're in advertising and you're a client facing but that that idea of being able to foresee the the account manager should be like six months out compared to the creative mm-hmm. who is we're solving this problem right here right now unless you unless you're part of the planning process this is what i'm saying exactly. like because you also have other disciplines like Everything you're saying, this, this is no, why... No, when I say this planning is, process, I mean, like, you're a creative and you're working on the planning for six months out. Yes, months that's out. what I'm saying. Her job, to me, your job is to... If I bring you some creative, mm-hmm. right, because you're you're now focused... We're focused on the brief. As a creative, right. we're focused on the brief. But as the account manager, you're focused on this client's overall business. Right. So you shouldn't... So, wait, let me finish. So... <laughs> Karina is looking at it from this brief, the next brief, and all the briefs going forward, right? That's not necessarily my job. But see, okay, be, but see, and that be, and that is the issue because be. there are people here. You can't in a scrappy situation, you don't have you should never have the luxury of saying that's not my job. No, 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 but but listen, what I'm it's saying is It's the only is, reason it's not your job is because those those things that need to get done have been allocated to somebody else to do. It's not yes. that you can't do it. It's that you're not doing it because somebody else is already doing it. Very true. Push come to shove. Could you do it? Yes. Or you, or you can't. Not necessarily can't. Like physically can't. But you don't have the bandwidth to do it. Right. That's, and that's a, a that's what it that is. is a whole different thing. Right. So not, then, my, then the conversation turns to project management versus account management. Ooh. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> like no, but that, but I think but these are these are conversations that really need to this be had like, because if you're not bringing added, if you're not doing anything differently than a project manager as an account manager. Right. And the only the only difference is you're the one going to see the client because we're calling it relationship management. But the reality is it's more than just relationship management. It's also expectation setting. So let me tell you what I think about what I think is a project manager. Because don't you think that because you (laughs) we can have. Yeah, let's go ahead. Because I'm just saying, like, if we're going to be real about it, the role is hybrid in many places on purpose. They're all hybrid. I mean, because that's that's what project management, like project management, account management, yeah, specifically. So, and I think you and I, Kai, you have not, you and I have had this conversation at one of the agencies that I worked at. There were no account people; there were only producers, mm-hmm. and they did both. Mm-hmm. So it's there's there's always room for a hybrid. It all depends on. But that's the point. So that's what a lot of agencies are. That, so the articles that we were reading through talked about how the the producers and project managers were playing the dual role and that's part of the reason why the account manager is becoming less and less necessary and not the, not just the fact that well we don't need people to manage relationships 
But also there's the fact of, well, what the hell are you doing that's different than your project manager? And at the agencies that I've been at, I didn't have a project manager. It was right. the account responsibility. Exactly. So the way I see project management is the account people are supposed to foresee. They're supposed to forecast. They're supposed to be the client relationship. They care about the business aspect, and they make sure that the creatives are doing what they need to be doing, dependent on their level. The project management, they do all the internal parts. So that's where it becomes a question of are you a this is the way I see it. I see producers different than project managers. Mm -hmm. I see project managers managing the internal, talking to the creatives, making sure that they're they're on time, making sure that everything's going to schedule. Everything is is on time. That's, that's the that's way who? I see it. Who does that? That's the way I see project managers. Okay. And my my relationship with the project manager is they're the gatekeeper to creative strategy and all those people. And I talk to the project manager to make sure that's happening smoothly to make sure. Did you, did you hear how ridiculous that sounds? That's, well, but I that's, talk but, to the other person already doing it to make sure that they're already doing I, it. But I don't have the <laughs> bandwidth. But the reason I say this is because I don't have the bandwidth to check in with creatives to make sure that they're doing their stuff on time. Sure you do. I mean, but see, I think, I think that's, you work at a lot of small agencies. I also, I came from you two. Ca I, know, I know you came from two. That's what I'm saying. Two, I've done half and half. Big. I've only been but four I think, places. I, I think the reason why there are, these roles are set up is because no one can be a master of everything. You cannot. Right. But you can, be, so a, you can be a jack of all trades. You can be yeah. a jack of all trades, but no one can be a master of anything. So when, when you start saying that we're going to allocate all of these duties to one person that used to be split up between two or three, Something, not all the time, but something is bound to but fall. But we're talking the about it. But you're talking about it in terms of people and not in terms of discipline. In terms of in terms of discipline, you can you can get more producers. You can. You That's can. what I'm saying. But like it's not about the number of people. It's about the quality of discipline. And I and I do believe that there does need to uh, you can you should not as an account person and and also not as a producer, but as an account person, you should not come in and not be able to, and and not have um a specialty you got you got to be like a hella good salesperson yeah. or you have to have like a really strong creative eye or you need to be super duper operations focused or you also you need to come from a strategic background or you were a strategist and now you like i feel very strongly that account management as a discipline on its own is not as strong as an account person that can bring that can also fuse fuse together with other disciplines in order to make their own role more robust because everything that you just said to me is exactly how i see account managers and that idea that i'm just going to go tap the project manager to make sure that the project manager is doing a good job of their job that they've been doing already is bullshit but i think that of course you don't think that way because you're the damn account <laughs> person tapping other people to make sure that the work is already getting done but let me finish my sentence i think that i think what makes the, the one of the best account people that i've 
I have, I have bosses, whatever, and for me, is understanding that process. So just because I talk to someone who's supposed to be managing that process doesn't mean that I don't know what that process is. But I haven't. Don't had, you think? Okay, if you I had, had a great if you're project account- managers, and I had to manage them to manage. And their I was stuff. just about to bring that up. Don't you think? Don't you look at your project managers sometime and be like, "Bro, I can just do this on my own." I do. This but is what I'm saying. So background. we don't necessarily but need don't, to split it up. But I don't think project managers always make great account people. No, but a good producer. My po- I think my point is more so to the discipline and less about the number of people. I recognize allocations and and bandwidth and things like that and I think you can get more people but I do think that the account management discipline does need to be redefined and not by agencies I think account managers account people need to come in with some other tricks in their back pocket because I agree tapping me on my shoulder to see what the hell I'm doing so that you can just say that you were able to do your job, which is just to tap me on my shoulder, is not good enough. But that's not a whole. That's not the whole job. That's part of the job. That's not true because I do forecasting and allocations, and you, I did that. And I did that in sm- at smaller places. You tend to do allocations and stuff like that. I think for the account role, you have to contribute in every part of the business. So, like, if yes. you contribute to the client relationship you contribute to the process you contribute to the allocations you contribute to the strategy you contribute to the creative you contribute you contribute to all those sections to make sure the need is answered and that it fits the client's need that's the way i see it i don't think that all project managers make good account people i agree i don't think all producers make good account people i do think that project managers and producers are in two different lanes, and it does scare me when I go to an agent. When there's I no see agency, a, there's, there shouldn't be any such thing as a strong producer that that's not that's not strong at being client facing. There's no way. There are that there are producers who you don't want to be client really, facing. Well, that's we're account people that don't want to be client facing. <laughs> but that's and all it is. I, I mean, we just don't want to talk to the client. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely do, but it's just not my preference. But as, as a strong producer, to everything that you said is is essentially a producer. Like, you are in every facet of this. You're making sure that the project gets done. You are also making sure that the the, the people, the team, the resources, whatever you want to call them, are on, on board. And then you also are essentially, quote, unquote, getting into bed with the clients. Now, how do you – how does account management or an account manager become um, – useful again or how does an account how does the account management discipline become more robust what else can you do what else are you bringing to this table you have to start with do you want to be a useful account person (laughs) (laughs) baby don't we all know you listen to simian's story what did your account person do absolutely not a goddamn thing I mean, they I showed think, up for the meeting and then canceled it while we were in the room. I, I, I think it's I think it's going back to like you, you're talking about um, the. I mean, you, t- to me, like the debate that that we're having right now is like discipline, right, and responsibilities, and what should we expect from an account person? And I think what you're saying is is, is correct. Like at this stage in the game with the way that the industry is set up with the demands that the client is not having, which is like, you want more, but less money. Mm-hmm. 
the account person should be thinking strategically, right? Because it's not just about saying yes to the client or a hand or holding the client's hand. It's about how can I deliver the best results for the client, not just on this project, but moving forward. Mm -hmm. So you like, you can't, you can't just be, you can't just approach it from the same way that it's, that it's been approached in the past, which is customer service. Like right. it's, it's, it's right. Bigger. Exactly. And that it's, is how it had right. been. So for, for a long time, it's been customer service. Yeah. And now we're at the point where it needs to be strategic. Like the way that you approach uh, clients should be very strategic. And because if, if you're, if the, if the account person isn't being strategic, what is related to the creative is usually, I don't want to say it's bullshit, but it never, the story is never, it's never the full story because we, we as creatives, if you've been working in, the, in this industry in the last couple of years, the way that we've been taught to work is we're thinking strategically. We're here to solve business problems. So I can be in a room and say, all right, cool. Well, you want to do a social campaign to do X. All right. So, but why? Like, right. It, like it's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a very, like it's, it, but why? Why do you, why do you want to exactly do this? Mm -hmm. Because if you can't tell me the why, then it's like, all right, so you just want words, right? You just want <laughs> you, you just want cool words. Listen, and I agree with that. And I think cool words the, don't solve problems. The best account people that I've worked with are the ones that ask the question why, because oftentimes you're the first you're the first person in the room with with the client, and if you're just going to be the person as the client is rattling off requests to say, yeah, that's amazing, and then build on that amazingness without even understanding why they're doing it, that's not problem solving. That's retail. That's customer service. Yeah. That's I'm walking into these into a store. Do these jeans look good on me? Yes, girl, they look fabulous. You should get three more pair of them. And that's not what you want. You want, okay, well, what look are you going for? What are we trying to create? Mm -hmm. How do we want this to build in the next ye six months, the next year, the next year and a half? Okay, here's... Here's what I know about how our team works already. Let me give you that information. Mm -hmm. Take the information you've given me. Go back to the team. And then based off of the what, whys, and the hows that you've already filtered out for your team, mm -hmm. your internal teams, your producers, your project managers, your strategists, your creatives, et cetera, can then formulate a plan because we already – you already asked all the good questions. Obviously, right. we'll have more questions, but you've asked the key questions yeah. that help us get our work done. A lot of times, a lot of times that doesn't happen because yeah. people are just focused on customer right. service. And I think that was a really good way to to outline it. And if I, you're here for customer service, then you're not here for quality for for building quality right. work. And that's what we should be in the business in in advertising. Because I think what happens when when you ask the why, right? So a client could say we want to do a social media campaign, right? Don't they always? Right. And they so want to build an app. You, you, or, or you, or you, <laughs> or you want an app, right? And so the key thing is, is like, it's figuring out that why. Yes. Why do you want to do this, right? Because yes. while you may want a social media campaign and we can give you a social media campaign, the real problem may be something that's happening in your store. It may be mm -hmm. the the experience that people are getting when, when they're in your store that is fucked up and that's why you aren't getting the results that you want to get so if we can know that then maybe we will give you the social media campaign but then we can also say well why don't you change this inside of your store and the social media campaign will support that mm -hmm. because 
what's happening in your store is the real problem. Mm -hmm. It's not that people aren't engaging with you on social. It's that something's happening inside of your store. Let's solve the root of the problem. Let's not just put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's actually fix it. And that's what the why does. And if no one's asking the why, then we're sitting there going, all right, cool. Let's do social media. Um, all right, I'm going to give you some cool words and we're going to come up with this campaign and maybe it's funny or maybe it's engaging, but is it really solving the problem? Because people are just like, yo, you the same fuck motherfucker that is not giving, that's not giving me what I want. Mm -hmm, and right. consumers want what they want and if you're not Especially giving them what, what they want, then no social media campaign is going to solve that. There's something True. to be said like, like how can like one of the questions here is how can account managers gain more respect um, from, from other departments uh -oh. from anyone? But I think there's something that we said, like what's missing mm -hmm. in general, not per discipline, but just in general mm -hmm. is the um, is the doctor. Right. So doctors don't necessarily develop drugs for people to feel better. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily um, they don't always do surgery. Right. on you they don't always do a lot of things what they do though is that they can prescribe they can essentially prescribe for you based on your symptoms they can prescribe for you a fix and tell you where to go get it they mm -hmm. don't sell you the drugs in the office they don't design the drugs they don't do none of that shit they just listen to you they listen to you well. They check out a couple things. They look at your stats. They look at the last few months that you've been in the doctor's office. And then they come out and they say, okay, this is what you have. This is what you need. This is where you go get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I work with my account people, I tell them all the time, I need you to filter. I need them to filter the way a doctor would filter out your sickness. That's good. I need you to be the one because you're the one having the statuses with the clients, having the fancy lunches and getting all the damn coffee and you out here in these streets at these happy hours. You're the one with them. So if you're with them, I need you to listen. And listening is not you saying yes. Because when you say yes too much, that means you're not listening at all. Because mm. some of the shit that's happening needs to have a no said to it. Yeah, very so true. you need to be listening. You so, need to be listening. You need to be asking more questions. And you need to be prodding. And then essentially what happens is when you brief in your, your internal team mm -hmm. as to what this challenge or sickness or whatever we want to call it is, mm -hmm you have all of the boxes checked off and you've asked all of the detailed questions so that we can now write a brief, which essentially becomes the prescription to that problem. So that's how in tune I like my account people to be. And I've worked with some amazing account people that I'm like, there's no way I could ever do anything you do. And then I work with some people like, baby, listen, if they would just <laughs> give me half of your salary on top of the salary I'm making, they would, I would never leave. Right. Never, ever, ever leave. I because mean, you're not doing good enough a job, you're doing something I could do myself. I think I, like I think this. that's that's I a like good. That. I, like I think that's a good analogy, but I think a, a, a bigger <laughs> one would be that we don't want general practitioner doctors; we want surgeons, right? Because so so. In, but you're in, the in, surgeon because you're yeah. the one actually going in there and like cutting shit apart and putting it together. I, I think I think I think the analogy is that you want the surgeon because the surgeon is the one who understands which specialties need to be in the room. No, that's no, not what I'm saying. That no. you're general. No, 
What? Let's stick with you. I hate when people try to piggyback off of your shit, and then they want to turn it into some shit it's not. Why don't you just make up some other shit? You're not going to break my shit, because mine was, mine was, was good. good. I mine was good. Because You're trying to make it something it's not. No, no, that is not what the, the account, because if that's the case, then the account people don't need the creative. The creative is the one cutting shit apart and putting it together. Find another analogy. Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Hear me, hear me out though, because if if we're if we're talking if we're talking about if we're talking about the why, right? If 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 the analogy is that you want a doctor to prescribe something, then that could be what account managers are doing right now. It's which not is, because they're but, not listening. Hear hear me out, which is. I need you to listen to the whole sentence. Please listen, finish. Listen. Yes. Because <laughs> guys a, a regular a regular <laughs> doctor who you walk into. They examine you. They give guys <laughs> heard. Listen, you just listen. You really finish. just made me mad. Because no, no, and, and and here's the reason. Here's the reason why is because unless a doctor is doing like a full, like intensive, whatever a now, physical, me, because that's me, what the hell I described. A physical. But to me, physicals don't solve problems. They don't always solve problems because prescriptions, because a lot of times prescriptions are band-aids. But they don't necessarily fix the problem. If someone is if someone is is suffering from high blood pressure because they're eating a bunch of salty shit and the doctor's just gonna prescribe them high blood pressure medicine, you're not solving the problem. You're putting a band-aid on it. Um Okay. You're what you're One not going to... No, 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 no. Because what you're not going to do... Okay. Let me tell you what the hell you're not about to do. What you're not about to do is take my goddamn analogy and decide to put your overly healthy perspective on medication <laughs> on this because if it ain't going to solve it forever, it's not... Listen, my analogy worked fine for no, this conversation. Think, no, do you have something else to contribute? No, here, here's, here's, here's what I'll say to that, which is, yes, your analogy, your analogy works fine. It does work fine based off of... If we're, if we're talking about real-life analogies, yes, it works fine because a doctor does what he's supposed because to do. Because if you really want to talk about it, you don't always need surgery, okay? Sometimes <laughs> you just got a damn cough and you just need to make sure that you have some antibiotics, whether it came every, from a, every, a piece of garlic or penicillin. Every doctor's not that good. But that's what I'm saying. That you need a doctor that good. I'm not talking about this no more. We keep going because we're not talking about doctors, and you're not gonna mess up my analogy because I worked really hard you on thought, that. This was years, I thought so clearly making. about that. Here you go. I think go. it's a good analogy. It's a great analogy. Thank you, Karina. It is. That's not, what it is. I mean, it, I mean. No, it, I don't. It, I don't. So, so here, here's I'm the thing. I'm not gonna go because, back to this because no, Kai, Kai, Kai said it, which is yes, <laughs> I, I, I am quote unquote overly healthy, right? So the way that the way that I look at doctors Herbal is medicine shit. The way that I look at look at doctors are why are you prescribing me this thing? Like why why are you giving me this medicine? Is this medicine going to cure me or is this medicine just going to cover up the problems? But in your story you're saying that you went to surgery, and not every maybe problem it's not needs surgery. surgery. Maybe it's not surgery. Maybe you need to maybe you need to cut out all the shit that you, bad shit that you're eating. 
Maybe that's what. And the doctor will tell the, you to go the nutritionist. Yeah. Listen, see, but basically, this like this is turn it around. I'm <laughs> see, I don't. I generally don't care for Western medicine, so that's why. <laughs> which is why you don't understand. Which is why you don't understand where I'm coming from. That's, that's, that's why I'm. That's why I'm looking at it going. Simeon said, "Go get you some. Go get you some honey and ginger ale, and call it a day. Some ginger tea and some lemon. Because 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 a lot of because a lot of times." And, and and maybe it's maybe it's somebody who understands it's it's a doctor who understands Western medicine and also yeah you're, I'm, you're I'm, taking I'm, it too far man because, you're taking it too far because I, I think I think that it is something if we're if we're talking about discipline and talking about being a jack of all trades and understanding the ins and outs so if you're a really good doctor then you understand Western medicine and you understand Eastern medicine so you can prescribe something. But if it's just gonna be a band-aid and this person is going to be on this prescription forever, then it's not good. So Okay, I, so okay, fine, fine. You just need a really good doctor. You need a really good doctor that has a background <laughs> in fucking herbal medicine and tea in tea tree readings and that also understands Western medicine so that they can solve some shit or send you somewhere else. Okay. Thank you. Anything else? <laughs> no, I like, you know, as the account person in the group. Motherfucker. I'm so bad at you. <laughs> if you guys, you, you guys want a, a, natural, no. <laughs> natural, a natural deodorant recommendation, I can give you that too. You yelled at me about natural sunscreen. You did all I was caps. just joking. I was just joking. Okay. I do prefer natural products though. Oh, but, okay, as I was going to say. <laughs> but as the account person in the group, I think that's one of the biggest things is how, why are we so disrespected? Why does everybody not like us? Why does everybody hate us? <laughs> and I, and it's, <laughs> it's a real ass, it's a real ass question. And no one ever has these conversations. Like you don't, you don't ask the right questions. Like you, you, the way that they see it, like what you you're doing is not me. helping me. Or, you know, I'm here for the team, but I'm not getting what I need. You're, I mean, the thing is, you're, we're not asking the right questions. We're not looking at it from the right way. We're not training our, our account people in the right direction. Because if we trained our young account people, the, the young people of the generation, mm -hmm. if we did that, then people would be more excited and they would have a better idea of what account management is. I'll right. say this, though, because I don't even think that's fair to just put it on account management. Um, I don't, I don't think in, and I, 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 say that. I think in the industry in general, and this actually came from a creative director that I met, um, that works at a really prominent, um, agency out in LA. He was like, essentially the way people were trained, let's say a generation or two ago in the industry, mm -hmm. there was a lot more investment in cultivating, um, professionals. I don't think we do that in mm -hmm. any discipline. So it's not necessarily just you, but frustration the reason why I feel confident in saying that I feel account management as a discipline, you can you can stay, it can go. To me, it doesn't matter because I and because of how I feel like my role, I play my role in agencies, is because I'm not I'm not finding like the the breadth of the breadth breadth of people who know that what makes you useful to this team is the fact that you get the first sign of insider information by right. being next to the client yeah. and using that to your advantage. Yeah. The way you described project management 
uh, account management relationship to me is actually how it's taught. And that's not helpful. Okay. Don't tell me that part of your job is to check in with the project manager. Ain't no way that that could be part of your job. That's how I saw it. No, no, no. I know that's how you've seen it. <laughs> but I also recognize that no one ever said, Karina, these are the questions I need you to, to ask of the mm-hmm. client right. before you even get to me. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That is what makes you valuable. That's how you give added value to a team. What are you doing that nobody else can do? Right. right. Sure. We can all do something that somebody else is doing. I can totally open up. I can totally open up Photoshop and use it and make a picture, but is that picture something that draws emotion out of people? No, and that's why a designer versus somebody just using Photoshop is, or a gra- an art director versus somebody just using Photoshop is so much more different. Mm-hmm. What is your specialty? My specialty isn't just communicating the client's thoughts, being a, a, a parrot. That's not your specialty. My specialty is being able to understand an issue in reading between the lines, even before the client even knows that they have an issue that I needed to read between the lines mm-hmm. of. That's insight. That's intuition. That's what makes, I think it's soft skills that make people really great at their discipline, mm-hmm. not the hard skills. The hard skills are being able to pick up a phone and take clients out and cultivate relationships. Mm-hmm. The soft skills are, well, I can listen. I have insight. I can get your trust. I can I can I can be in any room and people gravitate to want to talk to me and I'm then able to translate that to my team so we can make some dope ass shit. That is what makes account managers special. But that's not being taught. Right. I agree with I that. Mean, the I same think- the same difference with project managers and producers. You're taught to build a timeline, a Gantt chart put meetings on calendars. You're not taught how to manage a relationship of several disciplines and how to do it in a way where everybody feels like they can trust you no matter what. Those are soft skills. That's how you keep a discipline thriving. Amen. Not by tapping people can, can on their shoulders. Te- can you teach that though? I do. That's why I have no, interns. I mean no, but I mean, to my interns. I like, love them. You're, you're, and they listen. You're, and they you're listen talking to the show, about yo. To me, what you're talking about is something that's very intuitive, which is, is. can you, can you, it's, it's like a woman figuring out that her dude is lying. Listen. Right? You know I'm good at this. Where are we going with this analogy, please? We're the doctor's analogy now. This is the relationship therapist analogy. It's intuitive. Okay. It's what, what does your ear pick up on? Right. Mm -hmm. Right? What do your eyes pick up on that go, oh, (laughs) he a liar. You know what I'm saying? Something right. Something doesn't right. feel right. I need to get to the bottom of it. And I don't I don't I don't know if that can be if that can be taught because that's 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 a conversation that can't I've be had. taught but it can be hired. It can be hired. It can be hired. It can be hired. Because you choose whether you're going to be that person or not from day 1. That, I don't think everybody's that person, yeah. but I also believe that that is the difference between somebody good at their job and somebody that just just does their job. I I don't think it's like be that person. I mean chooses to be that person. I don't know if everybody's good at intuition, girl. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is like do you like choosing to I, if I'm going to stay an account person, like I'm I want oh, to you're be the trust best your, account yes. person that I can the, be. These are the I skills I want to practice. Got you. Exactly. If I want I'm, to you have to make I that choice cuz there's a lot of people in this industry. We That's see true. them in everyday life. It, you it see is. the choice that they made. I th- I think I think a, a good way to start with that is and and this just happened to me the other day with somebody who was an account person and transitioned into strategy, 
And she was like, I want to take you to lunch because I want to know how I can best serve you. Because at yeah. the end of the day, creative is the asset here. It's the resource that these clients are buying. And you're, basically you're, the point of the point <laughs> of the lunch was I mean it's true, but it's like it's it's the resource. It like is if the you don't deliverable. Have, we get it. We, it is the deliverable. It's the resource. <laughs> we are natural oil. Okay, continue. This, this is why people fight. This is exactly <laughs> why people fight. Okay. Um, but the, the the point of the lunch was, how can I best serve you? What is it that you need to know mm-hmm. for you to do your job, to for you to optimize your job? And that was a lunch, which was me saying, hey, I need to know this. I need to know this. I need to know that. I'm somebody who doesn't. I don't want you to filter. I would prefer you give me your Everything entire day. Let yeah. me filter myself. And, and yep. let me filter myself because yeah. when you when you start asking the right questions, especially starting with the creatives, because at the end of the day, it's all going to filter back down to the creatives. If you're asking them what do you what do they need, when you go into the client, you're going to ask those same questions because now you're thinking you're thinking in a way that it's a, it's about how am I going to best sell this resource back to the client if we know everything that we need to know it's going to make your job a lot easier because you're not going to have to sit there and try to make up shit make up shit like you you don't have to sit there and try to sell something because good creative sells itself you know good creative when you see it it gets you excited just like you coming back from the client and giving me information if it's good information most creatives, like, we're going to get excited in the room because we know that, oh, this is something that we can work with. This is something that we can play with. Even if it's a scrappy budget, even if the the constraints are there, if you're coming back with the right information, then we're going to get excited and we're going to deliver on that because that's that's what we do. Like, we need you to give us things. We need you to give us the, the right inspiration. And it starts with the right questions. That's definitely, I, before we wrap up, I think just in general, in life, in everything, in relationships and friendships at work wherever like i think the strongest question anybody could ever ask if you never have another question to ask somebody Mm -hmm. what do you need from me to be able to for you to give me your best Mm. literally the most simple question because that that sets the expectation all around because now you can't say you didn't know the creatives can't say they didn't get what they needed Mm. The, the rest of the disciplines can't say that they didn't know and they didn't get what they needed. Right. What do, what do I, what do you need for me to be able to do the best you that you could do or however you want to phrase it? So with that, Karina, thanks for uh, being a trooper. Uh, <laughs> listening like, to me talk to talk my shit. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let me talk my shit because that's how I be feeling. Sometimes I'm, uh, Y'all know, my, y'all know my story. You just had to get y'all that really off your chest. Y'all know my story. You had to get that off your chest. <laughs> but it's it's all right. I say to people all the time, though. I didn't say nothing here that I haven't said to people. I actually probably said it nicer. So. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Thanks. Because <laughs> I, I respect you. And I know that you're not that person. But some of these motherfuckers. God damn. All right. Well, as always, you guys know that we're, uh, well, not as always, but we are wrapping up now. And as always, you know that you guys can hit us up on the social media channels and email and or email us. Um, email askmixedcompany at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is askmixedcompany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Facebook is Mixed Company Podcast. Yep. So with all that being said. Find us. Find us. 
Talk like, to us. listen, share. Talk to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll holler at y'all later. Peace out. Later. Bye.